Greetings. I'm Jim McGinnis, and this is Stories We Can Tell. This is uh, the last of my Christmas stories for a while. And the season wouldn't be complete without visiting a story by Shelby Struther. And anyone who knows me knows what a tremendous influence he had on me as a journalist, as a writer. Shelby shared his gifts with folks all over the place, and we're all better for it. This particular piece is uh, something I've been sharing with friends and family for years. It's a memory of his grandmother, and that's about all the introduction it needs. A Merry Christmas wish goes out to everyone, especially Shelby's family and friends. Hope you like it. Won't you please just sit and hold hands with me this Christmas Eve, just for an hour, and let's listen to the world. And the old cracker woman, which is what my grandmother used to call herself, would take me and my brother out to the little porch and sit us on her lap and get the old wooden rocking chair going just right, where it creaked gently and comfortably, and we'd take in the sights and sounds and smells of a not-so-silent Florida night. My brother and I always used to hate that hour. It was corny. And besides, the smell of orange blossom was strong and it was hard to detect anything else unless it was the pungent odor of burning cypress wood. And it was dark and you couldn't see anything anyway. Her real name was Laura, but we'd always call her Nana and my brother liked to tease her and call her banana, and she always laughed so hard she jiggled all over. Christmas in Florida wasn't what Courier and Ives had in mind. Santa Claus, snow, that was like a one-horse sleigh, the stuff of dreams. This was what Florida and Christmas was. Nana said Florida really did have snow, and she'd get out the ladder and we'd go up on the roof and there was nothing there except patches of rusty orange pine needles. Florida snow, she'd say, slowly revving up her grin until it reached jiggle stage once more. Imagination, boys. When I was young, we'd sit out on the porch and hold hands and try to hear Christmas bells. Back then, the mosquitoes were so thick there would be a loud hum and you really had to try hard. We always heard the bells. She was a hard woman a worker all her life, a widow for 20 years, and she didn't like the idea of toys for Christmas. She thought toys were frivolous. It was fine to exchange uh, gifts in honor of the baby Jesus, should say, but make them practical. Nana used to give us kids clothes. One time she gave us Bibles. Lots of times we'd pull away plain white wrapping paper, all those bright colors don't seem right, to find a book on trees or animals. On Christmas Day, the last present usually opened was the one from Nana. My dad, her son, told me he got a red wagon for Christmas one year, the first toy he ever owned. Next Christmas, the present was the same wagon with a blue paint job. In her mind's eye, explained my father, it was like a new toy. He explained that the Great Depression was in full stride and money was scarce and he couldn't remember how many nights in a row 
the same fish and grit specialty of the house. But my father added, she's just stuck in her ways. She grew up in a different world, a different Florida than you boys. And as my brother and I got older each Christmas Eve, she took us farther and farther into the Florida woods during our hour rocking on the porch. She'd pick up a carambola fruit, cut a cross section, and we'd behold the star apple, she'd say, offering us a bite of delicious fruit. This is the way God, this is God's way of letting Floridians know it's Christmas. See the star? Remember the star. The old cracker woman told us stories not of partridges and pear trees, but of someone's runaway parrot that used to hang out in the mangrove swamp, screeching the essence of yuletide carols to the night. She broke open a sand dollar once and told us of the legend of the seven doves of peace inside. When I was eleven, she took me shrimping. The lantern and the big long net and the bait bucket were all we needed, she'd say and we'd go to some secret place that only she knew about, a little wooden bridge that seemed a million miles away. And we'd stay all night, and we brought back almost a thousand shrimp. And I never had so much fun working. Working? That was playing, she'd say. Those were toys we played with. Working is cleaning all these shrimp we got. And she smiled and walked back to her room, holding her back that had stiffened on her. Once my father rented an airboat and we went sailing across the grassy inland swamps and saw all kinds of birds and flowers and creatures we'd never seen, but Nana could name them all. And when we spotted a big bull gator sunning on a fallen cabbage palm, Nana started making a scratchy sound with her throat and the alligator turned its head and its big red eyes flashed on us and my father made the airboat roar and there was a great fantail of water flying as we made our laughing escape. The thing about human nature is eventually things that were foreign and hated suddenly become wonderful and fascinating. But then they also get taken for granted. My brother and I spent less and less time with the old cracker woman. Like her lap, the woods were shrinking and Nana got sick. First, it wasn't so bad she could still tell stories of sea turtles laying their eggs and make feel like you were right on the dunes with them. She could still sing the old Baptist hymns she loved, and she could still laugh until she jiggled all over, but then she'd start coughing and she couldn't stop and someone would run and get a drink of water. One day my mother went to visit her in the hospital and she'd written out her recipe for conch salad. She never told anyone how to make it and we all thought she'd take it to her grave. I brought her a hibiscus blossom and she pinned it in her hair, what was left of it. She struck a pose and said, Betty Gray will eat your heart out. But when she started to laugh, her eyes suddenly closed and her teeth gritted from the pain inside. My brother and I made her a Christmas wreath of pine boughs and seashells and sea grapes decorating it. In the middle on a piece of plain white paper, I wrote the word, imagination and she smiled weakly and said been shrimping lately a week later it was christmas eve and there was a big party at a friend's house the whole gang was going to be there including my girlfriend i was at least an hour late we sat in the hospital room holding hands on christmas eve that old cracker woman and me 
There was no rocker, but it was a Florida Christmas anyway. And even though I was the one doing all the talking this time, even though her eyes were glazed over from all the medication, and even though she had a tube in both her arms, she still told me all the beautiful things there are to tell about family and Christmas with her imagination. The next morning, leaning up against the wall was a present for me, a shrimp net with a red bow around it. At last, a toy from Nana. We never made it back to that secret spot, though. She never got well enough. And now, 20 years after we put her into that Florida ground, she loves so much. <clears throat> My children and I are going to hold hands just for one hour, and we all listen as I tell them stories of the old cracker woman from my Florida childhood. Merry Christmas. With an excerpt from Shelby Struther, one of my favorite Floridians. <laughs>